So why would I ever want to start a podcast? I don't know, actually. Either way, here we are. Welcome to the first ever episode of The Swedish Winger. My name is Lars, and I'm here to talk to you about some of the Swedish prospects in the Red Wings organization. I will probably, at times, uh, pronounce them as the Swedish names, uh, and probably at times with the anglicized names, so you English-speaking heathens understand who I talk about. For example, Elmer Söderblom is his name, William Valinder, that's his name, Jonathan Berggren, that's his name, Albert Johansson, there you go, Liam Dover Nilsson, Theodor Niederbach, and last but not least, Simon Edvinsson. So, who am I then? Well, I'm a soon-to-be-45-year-old man from Sweden. I live in the forest outside Skärplinge in Uppsala land, Sverige. So how come I, a Swede, support the Detroit Red Wings? That's a weird one. We have a tradition here in Sweden that we support foreign teams. Like, I support Liverpool because early in the 80s, 90s, we had uh, British football on Swedish television on Saturdays. For me, with Detroit Red Wings, I think it started sometime in the late 80s, um, as I saw Steve Eiserman in uh, a Canada Cup, I think it was. And then my favorite player of all time, uh, Börje Salming, started playing for them. And he did his one season with the Detroit Red Wings. Had he stayed just one more year in the Maple Leaf organization, I might have been a Maple Leaf. And also for this, I'm eternally grateful for uh, two Burials on me for changing teams, even if it was just for one season. Another player I, I liked when I was younger was Pat Lafontaine. So I had like the Buffalo Sabres as my second team, if you might call it that. Um, but as time went on and Niklas Lidström and Iserman and all these Swedish legends made their mark in, in the Red Wings organization, I think me and a lot of Swedes my age just, well, it Red Wings became our favorite teams. I mean, the Red Wings was by far the most Swedish influenced team in the league. And then all the Russians also played there that were fantastic to watch with Fedorov, uh, Larionov, Koslov and all of them. And also one of my favorites of all time, uh, Kostadinov. But I also have these weird players with connections to, uh, to the Detroit Red Wings that I liked for some odd reasons. Some because they were good at the early NHL games on, on uh, Super Nintendo or, or PlayStation 1. Like um, Peter Klima and Paul Isabart. And of course, Paul Coffey. Uh, awesome player, awesome skater. And I also loved goalies. Uh, I still do. I love the, the actual position of goalie because it's so insane. Wanting to stand in front of uh, guys shooting vulcanized rubber at you. And goalies always seems to be like the weirdest characters from... 
Hextall to Bobrovsky to everybody else in between. So where should I start my, my expose of Swedish uh, Red Wing draftees? I think um, Simon Edvinson, the English name version, uh, would be the easiest place to start. Uh, I think that's where most of you, uh, aside from Lord Elmer, that might be uh, most curious. So what do I see when I watch Simon Edvinson? I watch a player that right now, if you put him year by year with Moritz Seider, uh, I'd say Edvinson has the slight edge. How do I project them? I think they'll, considering Seider's uh, progress this season, I, pro I kind of project them quite equal. I think Simon Edvinson and Moritz Seider will be equally good over their careers. I think when you watch them play, there's differences in their game. I think that uh, Simon Edvinson is the more uh, cerebral player, if you might want to call it that, and uh, more cider is more of the um, defensive stalwart. But he has that vision as well. You could you could make the comparison, and it's bloody unfair. I agree with Niklas Lidström and uh, Vladimir Kostadino. And that would have been, barring that horrible car crash, the best pairing for a decade or even more. But I think if you put them on the same pair, that that's what you have in Simon Edmondson and Moritz Seider. If you look at this season for Simon Edmondson, you, you'll see that he started out really well. He... Um, started dropping off a little bit points-wise uh, after the um, the World Juniors uh, and he got injured while playing sick and after that the points haven't come as often as they had before but in the game he's equally dominant still as he was he is uh, reading the play he's um, making the the breaks he's constantly positioned well, he knows when to pinch, he has the horrible term, a good stick. It's just that the kid plays with veteran-like presence. He's uh, reading the play like a veteran, but he's not that old. It's the same like with Moritz Sider. You watch him play and you go, I can't believe this kid is 20. Uh, it's like the same with, with Simon Edvinson. You can't believe the guy is 19 years old. And he is, in-game, the best defender on the best team in Sweden. As it is right now, I would say there's four, maybe five teams that are beyond everyone else. Uh, Freja Lunda right now is placed fourth in SHL. With uh, Skellefteå first, Rögle second, Luleå with uh, Wallstedt in goal, placed third. And then fourth, Frölunda, and then possibly uh, you might add Växjö Lakers as well. Frölunda has two straight losses, which means that they've dropped a little bit, but that's to be expected, I say, uh, during a whole season that you have a couple of dips. If you look at Frölunda uh, and Rögle, I think those are the two most impressively run organizations in Sweden right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see either uh, or both actually 
uh, of the Abbott brothers who run Rögle uh, and have been for I think four years at some point get either an AHL deal to, to run a club in the AHL or actually get an NHL deal. So Chris Abbott is the uh, the GM brother and Cam Abbott is the uh, the head coach brother. And what they've done with the Rögle is quite uh, a thing. Before they got there, Rögle was a, what we would say a JoJo team in Sweden. They went up into the SHL and then they dropped down to Allsvenskan and then they went up and they went down again. Since the Abbots came, um, the trajectory has been straight upwards uh, and they're now a team that are regularly considered to be one of the favorites to win the gold. So that's one hell of a feat. If you look at Freolunda, it's a team that has been good for a very long time. Uh, they have their academy and they are building players from from surrounding teams and uh, they're more of a, a dynasty than Rögler. In Rögler you have the um, the Detroit draft pick William Valinder who is like uh, Simon Edvison light I suppose more of a offensive minded version and uh, not as solid defensively, but I think he's getting there. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it to the NHL. I don't think he's um, a bust by any stretch of the imagination. I, I would be more surprised if he didn't play for the Red Wings, or at least became trade bait for another club who who he would end up uh, playing for. You know, you can't keep them all, even though they're Swedish, and you should, but you can't. So if someone dangles a, a 2C in front of our team, I think we kind of have to take it. Considering we are running pretty much one line and three donuts right now with zero in the middle in three lines. Damn, that's not good. And that's coming from someone who likes P.S. Suter, but he's not a 2C with any stretch of the imagination. Well, he is a 2C on one of the worst teams in the league. Pity is ours. But, if you do have the uh, Guelph connection as your third line, you're suddenly a contender, so I'm okay with that. But that also means that we have to build uh, a second line from scratch, from something we have in the organization right now, or something coming in, which means we're in dire need of another center that can play. Do we have him in the organization already? I don't think so. It would be nice if uh, Liam Dawa Nilsson or Theodor Niederbach would be those those guys, but I don't know if I see them as centers in the NHL. I doubt that, actually. Uh, maybe, but no. They're not physical enough. They're not... Well, you could compensate by being nifty and speedy and have big guys on the wings, but they do not have enough physicality in them right now to make me feel like they are definite centers. But they're also young and development and building muscles. It's a thing. I know. I know. At one point, uh, Lord Elmer was also uh, a center in junior, but by the looks of it, he's more of a winger now. I'd say he's more of a Juan Francian than a 
Eric Lindros. And we'll see if he gets even better on, in using his body towards other players. And not just to shield the puck, but also bang a bit. And see if he can uh, become that power forward we all wish him to be. The one that we've missed for so long. But it would be cool. It would be cool if, if Elmer could could copy the uh, the path of Tage Thompson from, from uh, Buffalo Sabres. And become that center. Because imagine if we could draft like Juraj Slavkovsky, uh, play him on the wing, and then you have Elmer in the middle, and Jonathan Berggren as the uh, tenacious speedball on the other wing. There you have your second line. That's a second line I could live with. Speaking of Jonathan Berggren, I think um, he's a guy that has pretty much proven in the AHL that he is NHL ready and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some games uh, when we're closing in on the latter part of the season I think he should just as a reward for his hard work and pretty much just because I really want to see him in the winged wheel in a competitive game I mean imagine being a defender uh, trying to defend against uh, Bertuzzi and Bergen coming from either side there's uh, there's a tenacity there that I don't think any other team could match with those two on the same line and I, th I really think that Jonathan Bergren can be for the Detroit Red Wings what Victor Arvidsson has been for Nashville and now LA Kings he's a, the kind of player you could insert at pretty much any line but I do think you'll play him as far up as you could possibly do because he leads with his uh, work effort. Considering all the, the Swedes we have, I think it's quite obvious I'm most excited by, by Elmer Söderblom, the towering behemoth, as I call him. Uh, a bit jokingly, I'd say. But still, um, Elmer Söderblom and Edvinson are probably the two guys that I'm most excited for. And aside from that, it's Jonathan Bergen. Just looking at Elmer Söderblom, I mean, the guy is a unicorn in the behemoth's body, right? He's um, huge. He's huge. He's absolutely enormous, but he plays like a small, nifty guy, which makes everybody around him look like children. He plays like them, but he's twice the size. He's also the kind of player that you could probably play in different roles in different positions up and down your lineup. But to me, I think I would put him on the first line, even though he might not have the qualities of a first line player. Because if you want to win the cup, if you want to maximize what you have, you put a guy like that together with a Larkin and a Raymond, the same that he has it now in Frealunda, where, where he has the... Uh, the American player Ryan Lash, uh, who is um, dishing the pucks to him. So if you play to his strength at all times, his relative slowness, lack of foot speed, might just be like a mi minor problem. But if you do play him like a guy do you want to set up for breakaways and like outskate anyone, I think you're using him wrong and he won't be the success he could be on an eventual first liner. He could absolutely be for the Detroit Red Wings what Juan Francien was 
for for us before and he creates problems for the defending team because you cannot not care about Elmer coming into the zone and then you have Larkin and Raymond as the other two you have to defend against Elmer and it's hard to defend against him one on one so you might want to have two guys on him which will create space for the other players on that line but I'm not talking as uh, I'm thinking Elmer should be on the first line next season but in the future uh, in a couple of seasons possibly let's say two years one year in the AHL with the Griffins and then straight up to the uh, the big club and the first line yeah I'd like that it's kind of funny as a Detroit Red Wings fan to watch our our prospect pool and think that every one of them can make the NHL because that's unrealistic I know that but having been as poor as we've been since um, well basically since we missed the playoffs uh, it's kind of easy to get like sucked into the hype around the prospects but I do really think that the prospect hype around Elbe Söderblom Simon Edvinson, uh, Jonathan Berggren, and a couple of others, Albert Johansson. It's legitimate. The hype is real. And uh, I do think that we, within a couple of years, could have five, six NHLers from Sweden in the Red Wings. Which harken back to all these great teams uh, that are the reason why I support uh, Red Wings in the first place. Sadly, I don't think, considering the world today, that we will see a Russian 5 anytime soon. And on that note, I firmly stand with Ukraine against Russian aggression. And I really, really do think that banning the Russian teams from international tournaments, not just changing the names to something silly like uh, the Olympic Committee from Russia, is the right thing to do uh, and I think we should keep every sanction up until Ukraine is free again and the Russians have left I do understand however that all not all Russians are pro-Putin or pro this war but I do fear that the sanctions will have to stay and they will hurt even those who oppose Putin while we're at it, talking a bit a bit a bit about politics, I'm anti-racist, I'm anti-bigotry, I am uh, pro uh, HTBQ plus. Um, I think everyone should be allowed to love whoever they want to, within the realms of the law. Naturally, I find anti-gay laws disgusting, and I hate Nazis and fascists. So if you if you're either turn off now I don't like you. So there you have it, my first ever podcast. It's the pilot if you wish. I'll maybe post this, maybe I'll never do. Maybe I'll just sit and rot on my computer. But uh, if I do, feel free to ask me questions uh, and I'll bring bring them up if there's ever a part 2. Thank you for listening. I'll see you around.